Welcome to episode four of season two of the Orthoplug podcast, the show where we learn from some of the most inspiring orthopedic surgeons in the country who either come from underrepresented backgrounds or are actively supporting those that do. This is a fantastic episode where we speak with Dr. Abdullahi Bangura, who at the time of our conversation had just graduated medical school and was preparing to start residency. He is now an intern at the University of Missouri, and he describes what led him to pursue the experiences that he did in nearly every aspect of healthcare. What led to me trying to acquire all of the different experiences is that I understood that all of those different experiences could ultimately play a part in you know becoming a full-blown attendant physician. The extracurriculars that are essential for success. It's going to take extra work outside of the standard um, medical school curriculum to, to, to get to where you need to be. And how he was able to successfully match into orthopedic surgery as an IMG. I understood that being an IMG is going to be a little bit more competitive to get into um, orthopedic surgery. So um, kind of the way I went about the process is that I want to make sure that I check off every box. Before we dive into the episode, I have one favor to ask. The best thing that you can do to support the podcast is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. By doing so, you'll be helping the podcast grow and directly contributing to my ability to bring more guests on, continue to improve production value, and just ultimately make the show better for you. All right, let's hop in. This is... I guess Dr. Bangura now, I mean, like officially Dr. Um, Abdullahi Bangura, man, thank you so much for joining the show, dude. This is like, I'm, I'm super excited to dive into your story. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm incredibly blessed to be here and to be able to um, have this discussion with you, man. I'm, I'm super excited. So I'm like, we're definitely going to reach up to that climax of what just happened, you know, re- pretty recently with, with you matching and everything. But I love to start just at the beginning and you know, I, I uh, when when I do this research on on the people who I'm, I'm having as guests, I look through the you know LinkedIn and Instagram, and luckily you you gave me a little bit of info on Instagram pretty recently. You had a fantastic <laughs> post um, talking a little bit about you know the influence that you now are having on your family um, and how proud your family is. And you mentioned something about how you know your parents were growing up, your first generation, and you mentioned something about how your parents were growing up in a small village. Um, and you know, I, I did the best research that I could. I traced Bangura to Western Africa. That's about as far as I could get, but I'd love to kind of hear some more, um, information on, you know, details on, on your family and then ultimately what brought you guys to the U S. Absolutely. So, um, my family is from Sierra Leone, um, in, in, so in, in West Africa and, um, we are the first, me and my siblings are part of the first generation born here in the United States. But my parents, you know, you know, they come from a small village um, I'm in that country. And, you know, what they saw uh, when, when coming to um, America was just simply opportunity to be able to provide a better life um, for the generations to come. So with that being said, understand, and, and it was, it was challenging, you know, for them to get here and, kind of the obstacles that they had to go through to get here. Um, a lot of it, you know, just kind of reflecting, looking back on how it was for them. It makes me emotional um, to see the challenges they had to face and what they had to overcome to get here. But it also kind of reinvigorated me to continue to push hard on this path because I understand that this opportunity that's been given to me is much more than just a goal for me. You know, this is, I've, my life could have been completely different if they hadn't made those sacrifices for me to be here. So that was one of the factors that con- that continued to motivate motivate me on my path. Um, I you know and you know I made sure I, you know I, that was something that was included in my personal journey. Got hard whenever these obstacles you know became you know tough, and I felt um, um, sort of that you know uh, I started experiencing imposter syndrome. Felt like maybe this is not uh, a journey for me or I'm not, you know, will not be able to fit um, in this field. Now I thought about that and I thought about what impact that could have on the, you know, the, the generations to come. So similar to how, you know, my mother was thinking, my father was thinking and, you know, their siblings, you know, I, I've kind of put some of those same thoughts into my process and my journey. Um, and, now, when we recently had a, a graduation ceremony for, for medical school and just to hear everyone, you know, their speeches, hear what they had to say, how proud they were um, the, and seeing how um, this 
goal or uh, has influenced some of my nieces and nephews and, um, you know, some of the other children in the family, man, it, it was, it was very impactful. And, and it was a very emotional moment for me because, you know, I understood the opportunities that was given to me. Um, and I just kind of had my head down, I buried my, my, myself in the books. Um, I was really focused and driven on this path to, to get to this goal. And, um, and sometimes you, you know, you, when you're that focused and you, you, you know, kind of that deep in the process, you don't think about those things as you're going through the process. But when, when, when everything was all said and done and I had that opportunity to kind of just sit back and reflect on what has happened and how we was, I was able to uh, <clears throat> get to that goal and the challenges that I faced, man, it was, it was just a really emotional event for me and, and um, yeah, one that, that I will always cherish. Yeah, man, I can I can only imagine. I even just just reading the description and seeing the photos just on Instagram, I was like, this, you know, I like you 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 transferred the emotional impact to everybody looking at that because that was powerful for sure. Um, and you know, I can definitely see how you having the influence of your parents' decision to give you these opportunities has been this kind of like central driving force for you, huge motivating force for you. Um and you could have used that in various kind of directions, right? You could have used that to become, you know, engineer, lawyer, what ultimately was like, they gave me the opportunity to do basically anything that I want to do. And I'm going to capitalize on that. Like you did what ultimately was like, it's going to be medicine for me. Okay. Um, honestly, as a child growing up, I didn't foresee a future in medicine. It wasn't something that I was heavily you know, drawn to. It is not until I experienced my own um, injuries um, that really encouraged me to want to pursue medicine. Um, prior to that, I was just heavily involved in sports and, you know, growing up and, you know, like I said, my family, we're the first generation. So my family didn't have the means to put us in the, um, the best environment growing up, but they did what they can. Right. And um, so growing up in that type of neighborhood, the only thing that I was able to really see was pretty much just sports. Um, so for me, making it for my family or showing them that we can have a better life in the United States was just simply kind of playing a professional sport. So for me, it was football. And um, as I was going through that that journey, I experienced an injury my senior year. I, I was I had interest, so I was I was, a, uh, I was regionally ranked, and I had a few scholarships. Um, but when I had that injury, um, those recruiters kind of withdrew their interest. So uh, that was a, a very big challenge for me, you know, early childhood challenge that I had to overcome. And um, I just remember being very distraught about the situation. Um, I'm obviously being a 16 year old, being 16 years old at that time and and having that experience. Um, you know, I felt like everything that I've planned for myself and my family has been taken away. Um, and it's not until I met my orthopedic surgeon, who was actually the first doctor that I've met who was an African-American and was mm -hmm. also a woman. So I saw her and I said, OK, this is something, you know, it was what she provided for me. She helped me recover physically and mentally throughout that process. And seeing someone like that do what she did it inspired me to want to do the same. And mm -hmm. prior to that, I've, the only thing that I've seen as far as for the people around me become successful was those who went to sports. So I saw someone around me for the first time that looks like me become successful in medicine. And I felt that, well, this might be something that I could do as well. And I started to look more into it, started to become invested into it over the years. And she helped me recover from that situation and eventually go and play football at the highest college level. So I played at Ole Miss, which is mm -hmm. the SEC, one of the most competitive conferences. And man, that experience was just so impactful that I wanted to be in the same position to be able to do that for other people mm -hmm. because how it affected my life. I knew that if I was in a situation to be able to do the same for others and have that same impact on others, I uh, mean, my life would be extremely rewarding. Yeah. So, um, that's that's what really influenced me to pursue medicine. From that moment, um, I knew I wanted to do medicine. I knew I wanted to do orthopedic surgery. Um, so from day one, you know that's that's what I was shooting for. 
that's like, and you know, I, I resonate deeply with that story too. I had a similar kind of thing, big injury sports were basically everything to me going from being a professional athlete was everything for me. Um, influenced by my orthopedic surgeon to the point of wanting to kind of, you know, pay that forward to patients of my own, um, very powerful story. I know it's kind of like often a common theme that, you know, especially orthopedic surgeons have is, you know, the athlete, the kind of injury kind of thing like that. But, um, you know, I think that you, it sounds like you still have like a very strong sense of that purpose behind it. Um, it's, it's just like, you know, I'm already just kind of seeing this culmination of this story of you have this motivation and things like that because of the upbringing. And now you have a sense of purpose for what you're going to do with that motivation. Um, and it's a super powerful thing. You, uh, you mentioned this, I was going to, I definitely wanted to touch on this as well. So first huge kudos, you played football in the sec and like, this was, you know, a few years ago when the sec was like, uh, like the most dominant powerhouse football, you know, you got Alabama, LSU, you mm-hmm. know, Ole Miss, Auburn, everybody's in the sec. Like if you want to watch football, you play, you, you, you watch the <laughs> sec. <laughs> so Absolutely. like huge, huge kudos. You, was it, you were a cornerback or a safety corner? Corner. Yep. Yep. Um, so huge, huge kudos for that. I think you played at, um, did you play at James Madison as well? Absolutely. Um, yep. And so, you know, I always like to kind of see, and again, this may be my, my own personal interest and things like that, but just like, you know, what role has your experience as a collegiate student athlete, um, had on you up to this point? And again, I think like just for our listeners, um, you know, I ran track, but when I looked at what our football players had to be (laughs) in college, like their whole life had to revolve around football, you know, and being able to balance the demands of football plus not only normal collegiate academics, but pre-med, um, you know, requires a significant amount from somebody. So I'm always just interested to hear how that experience from, uh, as a collegiate athlete, a football collegiate athlete for you, how has that influenced your, you know, journey so far? Absolutely. I will say, um, you know, with, with that question, there, there are three things that come to mind. The first thing is discipline. Um, <laughs> there's no cutting corners, you know, as a college athlete, you know, your coaches will call you out and, you know, there will be consequences, whether it's, you know, running sprints <laughs> or running stadium steps. You don't want to do any of those. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. But um, so discipline. Um, being able to get up really early, being on time for those morning workouts, after those morning workouts, going to class, then act, then being on time for uh, a practice, and then you know have a full practice, helmets, shoulder pads, full pads, everything, and then going home and study because uh, you're still a, you're a student athlete, you're still a student. Mm-hmm. So um, having that schedule. And doing it every day, continue to do it every day. You know, you can't miss a day. It's impossible, right? You, you, there's consequences for missing a day. So I think that instilled a lot of discipline in me. Because mm-hmm. um, I find myself doing the same thing. When when I transitioned to, you know, being a, a medical student, every day I had, I had, I have, a, I prepared a, um, my schedule. For the, the entire, for the well, prior to the week, I prepared my schedule for every day of what I should be studying. Um, I have to, obviously have to cover my my lessons that were were given for today, um, and then uh, in addition to that, what am I going to study? How many practice questions I'm going to do, and then just following you know that that schedule and making sure you do it every day. Um, so that's the first thing that comes to mind is, is discipline. The second thing is teamwork. You know, you, it's a, it's a you know these are team sports, and even you know someone some would argue that. You know, like the track is maybe not so much of a team sport, but it is. You're competing as a team when you go to these events. You know, what you the score, the points that you earn from your event will reflect on the entire team. It's going that's going to help the team win. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, just being a being a team player, understanding that um, this is this is something that's not going to be done until you um until until uh, everything is well, you 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 guys can't collectively win as a team until everybody play their role and do their part. Um, mm-hmm. So you holding yourself accountable and doing that. Um, so I, I will say, you know, th- those have really just been you know factors. And the last thing that came to mind was accountability, but I kind of tied that into the to teamwork. Um, I will say that those those three factors is 
kind of the things that come to my mind when you ask that question. And um, going through medicine, you know, being disciplined, getting to morning rounds, making sure you prepare for those you know questions when you know um, when you're in your sub eye, make sure you're reading. Um, all of these things kind of uh, help me transition to my sub eyes into medicine, um, and I and I think it it helped me um, improve during during that process. You know, I, I think it really helped in, in, in a significant way. And, and, and being accountable and um, just being a team player before you leave your rotation site, um, and making sure that everything is done. You know, maybe something is something that you wasn't supposed to do, someone else is supposed to do, but just making sure that everything is done so everyone can go home at the same time. Um, you know, that that really goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say those three factors, you know, discipline, you know, accountability and, you know, being a great teamwork. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And I, I definitely, you know, I, I, I feel you with those things, those demands that being a student athlete have on you. But it's sometimes that you have to be put in those situations to be able to develop those skills and those characteristics like discipline, being a good team player, accountability. Yeah. And I know that they, you know, pay dividends for you up until this point because of the success you've experienced yeah. so far. And they're going to just continue to kind of compound on each other. And you're going to continue to experience success yeah. and success and success yeah. because of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll, I'll share a quick story with you. Um, this is more about just accountability. But um, while I was at Ole Miss, you know, um, we had went through a coach change and we had coaches come in, you know, um, new coaches come in. Our first workout that we had um, the night prior to that workout, I also had recently joined an, an a fraternity. So uh, I know the cues. I'll I'll, I'll I'll let it slide. Though. I'll let it slide. I'm a new. I'll let it slide. <laughs> so as a neo, you have duties, right? And um, so I was just trying to uphold my duties and do what's necessary. And um, you know, the night before, I was up, you know, till two a.m. in the morning trying to get things done for you know the frat, and also had some other things to do. But our morning workouts was like five a.m. And for some reason, I don't know why I thought I was going to be able to get like one or two hours of, 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 of sleep and get up on time. Um, and that's the only workout that I missed my entire year of, of college, my entire career <laughs> of college football. When I tell you the entire team was mad at me because we had to run stadium steps. Oh, the entire team. <laughs> and then, um, you know, but you, but another thing is, I had to have a little bit short term memory in that process. Um, I knew that that wasn't who I was, and so I I continued just to put out who I was out there. And um, I will say, like maybe two months in, um, the new weight training coach came to me and was like, "Man, um, you know, Abdul, man, I'm not gonna lie, man, girl, I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought you was a." Uh, you know, the, the term he used was, I don't want to say the term, uh-huh. but he, but the exact <laughs> term he's used, but basically I thought she was, she was a slouch, you know, but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. You, you're one of the hardest working, you know, players on the team. So, um, uh, I just want to quickly share that, that, that story with you. Cause it tied into the whole, you know, accountability factor that I was talking about. Right. No, I love, I love that story. And I definitely know what it's like to be, you know, have a lot of things on your plate. And, you know, you got a super early morning coming up and you wake up and you look at that time and it's not the time that you wish it was <laughs> and you got to make some magic happen or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, I think it's it's amazing how you are able to, you know, not only like take that experience to kind of, you know, emphasize the importance of accountability for yourself, but then. Like you said, I have that short memory, which is always so important. You know, it's 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 emphasized in sports, but I think it's important for everything um, to be able to like rebound and then not only rebound and get to a neutral place, but rebound and get to a place where you're looked at as one of the hardest working people. And that ties in so much to, you know, one of the things that I think I personally want to even improve on is with that short term memory. And, you know, even sometimes like going into clinic in the OR or whatever, yes. getting a question wrong. Yes. And it's just like, you fit so much weight on you. so much yes. mental fatigue and you're going through this process yes. where you're so stressed yes. already about things. And, um, to be able yes. to say like, you know, all right, I didn't get that question. That's all right. Like I'm going to now put the work in so that at the end of the day, this person is going to be like, yes. 
I'm not even thinking about that question because you didn't put in so much work doing X, Y, Z, that short term memory is really huge. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Absolutely. It's so important, JR. It's so important um, to the point that a lot of programs, the faculty, a lot of programs speak about it. Um, during my interview process, I, um, you know, that's that's one of the uh, qualities or characteristics that I like to highlight about myself and that I've, because this one of the most valuable characteristics, quality that qualities, like, I will say that I've sort of discovered along this journey and realized how important that is. But um, self-reflection is so important and not to, at the same time, not to try to, because you don't want to put yourself in this kind of downhill spiral, constantly thinking about, you know, what just happened, you know, and you got to understand that, like, you know, you're learning in this process, you're growing um, and, um, you know, you got to be able to put those things behind you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, like I, like we we briefly mentioned off air, I, starting this sub by coming up here, so definitely gonna have that have that in the back pocket because I know we are gonna learn through the successes and the and the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before starting medical school, you probably have like the deepest record of medical experiences that like I've seen like out of out of anybody. And I'm on the admission committee here, so I like look through people's you know academic resumes all the time, and I'm like, this dude was doing everything. So you know, interning at a sports med clinic, working as a surgical assistant, a medical scribe, a medical assistant, clinical transporter, like you, you did research, you literally did everything. So like what led to you pursuing all of these various different aspects of healthcare before even starting medical school? Great question. Um, I would say, well, to, to make the long answer short is what led to me trying to acquire all the different experiences is that I understood that all of those different experiences could ultimately play a part in, you know, becoming a full-blown attendant physician, you know, being able to have some sort of experience in, you know, research, you know, the clinical aspect, the OR, and I knew I wanted to pursue orthopedic surgery. Um, So in my mind, I felt that the more involved I get in these different types of experiences, um, the more I'll be able to learn to ultimately help me as I'm you know, when, from the, as I become a medical student and progress through that, you know, journey. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was, you know, that's, that's simply the, you know, what came to mind for me and what, what I was hoping for, just trying to find different ways to learn, um, and, um, pick up as much information, you know, that I could along the way in order to ultimately, you know, I understood that that information could could ultimately help me when I become a medical student, you know, and, and it was as simple as that. Right. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I'm sure you're going to be able to draw from different pieces of those experiences that you've had to be able to put together this, you know, that puzzle of, like you said, that kind of attending physician who has experience in the research, the clinic, the OR, all of those things that, you know, we all want to have. But you you had that experience before you even started med school, which is amazing. And then you ultimately went to um, Trinity for for medical school. So I'd love to hear, you know, what ultimately went into your decision to go to the Caribbean for medical school. And then like, how has that ultimately influenced kind of your trajectory and your path? And I'd love to kind of just hear, because I know a lot of the people listening are in similar positions and they may have been told that it's difficult to achieve what you have already achieved coming from these Mm -hmm. positions. So I'd love to hear like what went into that decision and then how did you kind of navigate moving forward from it? Absolutely. So first off, being completely transparent and honest, what went into me getting that decision is ultimately I want to become an, you know, a physician. I want to become an orthopedic surgeon specifically. Um, and I had a hard time getting into a U.S. school. Um, my undergraduate grades were not the best. They were, they were, you know, good. They were above average, but they, they, they were not, they were not the best. Um, and at the same time, um, my, my MCAT score was not the best. Um, you know, I kind of, for me, I, I've kind of met that mark of, you know, the area of where you want to be. But when you look at my application holistically, it wasn't the most enticing application. Um, and, um, <clears throat> I realized that I was a bit of a late bloomer when it came to studying and preparing. And that showed my first semester of medical school. Um, I, I recall studying the most I've ever studied in my entire life. You know, I didn't have f- sports. Um, I didn't have any other 
activities that will take me that will, you know draw me away from my 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 studying. But I studied um, the most I've ever studied in my entire life. You talking about you know staying up to even midnight sometimes past midnight one two a.m. studying really hard. And then um, I, I remember seeing that my first score on my my first you know my test, which was you know a, a, a low C, and I was I was shocked. I was like, man. And that's when that imposter syndrome came in. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. man, am I even fit for this? How am I supposed to get into orthopedic surgery as an IMG candidate, you know, um, with grades like this? It's not It's not going to, you know, happen. I, I remember, you know, taking a long walk home. I didn't even want to catch the bus. I was so upset. <laughs> I took a long walk home and just, just started to think. And that's where the self-reflection came back and came into play. I started to think, okay, what, you know, I'm in a situation, you know, what could I do to, 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 to get better? Well, I know that there are a few students here that are absolutely crushing it. They take their exams, they're scoring over 90% every time, every test that they take. These are some of the upper class, upper term students. So I reached out to them individually and had a conversation with them. I said, what are you doing when you prepare? Self-reflection, you know. What are you doing? What are you doing to prepare? Um, and they will give me, they will share their strategies of how they study some of their tips and strategies. And I've noticed some strategies that some of them had in common. So I started to take that information and implement that into my own studies. And then my, my grades just started to go up and up and up and up and up. And then once I got to the point where I was kind of over 90%, you know, with, with my exam scores, um, it was just, you know, challenging myself to, 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 to do better, you know, um, competing against myself, continuing to challenge myself to grow and learn. If I scored a 92% on this one exam, I want to get to 95% on the next one. I want to get to, it got to the point where I was like, I want to, I'm at 98%. I'm waiting for my hundred percent exam. You know, I'm waiting for that hundred percent exam and I'll shoot 98, 97%, 98%. I, I, and I had a couple of hundred percent exams. I had a couple. Um, that football competitiveness that, but... came out. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I, I wish I could say I stayed at a hundred percent, but you know, I was in that ninety-five percent to hundred percent, you know, range. Um, and with that, I didn't look at my counterparts, and I didn't com- compare myself to my counterparts. I've always compared myself to myself. You know, have self-reflection. Look at where I am. Where do I want to go? What do I need to do to get there? Um, and, you know, I think, you know, having that mindset would not only in medicine, but in, in various aspects of your life could, could, could be really beneficial. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely really appreciate, you know, you being candid as you were, um, you know, about the pre-med journey, about the beginning. And because so many times in, in myself included, too, like I started med school and it was just like not a good start. I was like, yo, this ain't for me. Like these people out here different. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what they got going on. And that's like, and, and and when you start doing that, that is where the imposter syndrome comes from. Cause you're comparing and you're just like, you know, yeah. why, how do, how do they know all this stuff about histology? This is literally just paint. <laughs> Everything is paint. You know, how do you, you know what I mean? And like, um, and so it's just, it's, it's, you know, nice to hear that you experienced a similar start and then we're able to, you know, take a step back from the comparison to others, get into that place of self-reflection and then say, okay, the way that I was studying, even though I was putting in the time, maybe when I was putting in the hours, maybe there's a different way to do this. So I'm going to reach out to other people. I'm going to figure out, cause they obviously got the keys. I'm going to figure mm-hmm. out what those keys are and I'm going to implement it myself. And then after that, then it's just go time with yourself. Now, now you got a routine and now you get to kind of just, you know, compete mm-hmm. with yourself. I love the way that you phrase that. Um, I also know that you ultimately did a research year at shock trauma, um, which is like one of the biggest like trauma institutions on the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. so, and I, and I also know that coming from a, as an IMG, you're, Mm -hmm. it it could be a disadvantage, especially for competitive specialties. So was pursuing Mm -hmm. a research year, part of your way of kind of overcoming some of that, 
um, I'd love to kind of hear how, like the kind of game plan that you put together in order to become an IMG matching in one of the most competitive specialties. Um, and then we can talk a little bit about that research year as well. Absolutely. So um, I understood that being an IMG is going to be a little bit more competitive to get into um, orthopedic surgery. So um, kind of the way I went about the process is that I want to make sure that I check off every box. I know research is something that can draw interest to a candidate. I want to make sure I have research and have and get research at a good place. Also, understanding that I'm at a program where we don't have an orthopedic program. We don't have faculty that have the experience with getting students into orthopedic surgery. I'm the first student that matches to orthopedic surgery in the United in the U.S. in my school for my school. Wow. Um, so they don't we don't have that ex- experience. Um, and no fault to them, you know, I've kind of, I kind of had some accountability of that. Like, you know, I kind of found my, put myself in this situation, but I got to make the best of it and I got to get myself to where I need to ultimately need to be. So I said, if I go to University of Maryland and do this research here at Shock Trauma, I'll get good quality research. I'll also be able to, um, 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 be able to connect with people that could kind of continue to support me along the way. So, um, you know, these people at, at Shock Trauma, these, these, these doctors, they, you know, became mentors to me. Um, and not only were I be able to do research and, you know, publish with them, but um, they offered me guidance. Um, and they also, you know, a couple of them were, were letter writers for me. Um, and, you know, they were really supportive. And, you know, these, and they were really good. It's really great people. You know, you go in, you work hard. They see that you're a hard worker. You meet all your deadlines. You're helping out. You know, even there's work that you know, other work to be done for other fellows. You're helping them out. Just really focused on getting everything done and done on time. You know, and and when you come in with that type of attitude and and you do that, and they'll be willing to go back. You know, do do anything for you, support mm-hmm. you, and, and speak on your behalf and um, and support you in any way that they could. And that's what I was able to get from them and um, from my from my year. Um, also, uh, other things that came in mind was um, I, I, I did want research to be something that I, I can do long term. So I wanted to make sure I go to a place where I was going to get you know good education and research on how to do research the right way. Um, uh, um, and also the clinical exposure, you know, being there, you know, any any time that I, I was able to get into the OR, I tried to get into the OR, I tried to get in the clinic. Um, learn anything that I could that could ultimately help me doing my sub It's kind of similar, similar to, you know, the, the, the experiences that I, you know, talked about or I discussed that I had prior to medical school. I said, I wanted to use these experiences, get as much exposure as I could so that mm-hmm. when I get into medical school, I could still have a strong foundation. Um, the same, I was thinking the same way doing my sub I mean, doing my um, research here. Um, I, I wanted to get in the OR and the clinic as much as I could so that when I Going to my sub, I could you know have a strong sub um, uh, foundation. So uh, all of those factors really played a part in, in in me making that decision to do a research here. Awesome, yeah, that's and it sounds like it was extremely fruitful. And I know just with your mentality and the approach that you take to things, you've definitely got the most out of it. Um, I, I want to highlight one of the things, a key thing that you said. Um, you know, just for people who may be in similar positions without maybe like a home program or coming from an IMG and. Um, you know, you mentioned how like uh, you, you like the accountability of it, right? You have, you have to. There's some things that you kind of have to take on for yourself, and there may not be people at your department who can kind of funnel you into opportunities that other students may be afforded to. So it's almost like you have to, you know, take accountability to funnel yourself into those opportunities. And so you did this research here, not only for research and not only for you know the clinical and the OR experience, but also for like the networking and the connections that you developed Absolutely. and those pay dividends down the road. And so you have to kind of be comfortable stepping out of that box to kind of achieve the things that that you're mentioning achieving, um, which is always inspiring. Yeah. Last thing I would, I would like to say on that is that, you know, this it's going to require you to do additional work outside of the standard medical school curriculum, you know? So if you don't have an orthopedic program, if you don't have, you know, physicians around you that, that can be able to support you in that regards, then, you know, you're going to have to do a research here. You may have to um, take, set up, you know, prepare and prioritize getting to these conferences, you know, which, you know, I did in, in you know, 
thankfully that, you know, there's organizations like, you know, Gladden Society and the Dimension that can help us and help support us um, um, to get into those uh, those events. Um, so you it's going to take extra work outside of the standard um, medical school curriculum to, to, to get to where you need to be. Right. Yeah. I appreciate you for highlighting that because it's, it's, it's huge. Um, you know, I also want to mention something that you founded, um, Great Scribes Nationwide organization that you founded. Uh, first, kudos to founding an organization. That's amazing. Can you speak a little bit more to what this is and what went into the decision to, you know, start an organization like this? Absolutely. So this was pretty much, I was exposed to this opportunity prior to medical school during those um, gap year, those you know gap years that I had. Um, I was a medical scribe. I had the opportunity of scribing in the emergency department setting. So on a sort of a hospital setting. And I also had the opportunity to scribe with um, independent um, practices, medical practices. And I realized that there were not many medical um, that medical scribes in these settings, in the medical practice setting. Um, and as I was learning about why this was the case, it's because when you look at the cost of having a scribe in these, in general, it, it can be pretty expensive. And as for a, a you know, a practice owner who was um, covering overhead costs um, for them to contract a, uh, a scribe through a scribe staffing agency can be quite expensive. So when I started to scribe, the practice that I was scribing for, um, they didn't, they were not looking for a scribe. You know, I was, I was doing three 12 hour shifts in the hospital as a, as a scribe. And I said, Hey, I have these other four hours uh, of my day, I mean, four days of the week free. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to do was to continue to increase my exposure because I, you know, as I getting ready to transition into medical school. So I looked for a part-time scribe role. I reached, I, I, you know, took the initiative to reach out to practices and let them know that, hey, I'm, I'm a medical scribe, X, Y, Z. I've been doing it for about a year now. And, you know, I'm interested in you know, continue to scribe in other settings as well. Um, and, you know, one practice was like, okay, you know, I don't know what it takes to train a scribe. You know, um, I was sort of already trained, right? I just had to adjust to their specialty a little bit. Um, but when I got there, it was completely, you know, significantly changed her life. Um, and um, she ultimately became sort of a mentor to me, um, had me read a lot of self-help books, which, uh, helped me on my journey. And as I was getting ready to embark on that journey as a medical student, um, and as I was getting ready to transition to medical school, you know, I was in a situation where, um, you know, she would no longer have me as a scribe and she would kind of have to go back to be burdened by, you know, the patient charting and then, you know, with the patient notes. So I put together a scribe training program for, uh, by, by way of a power, like Microsoft PowerPoint for her to train the next people that would, you know, that she hired in the future. And basically what that covers is that everything that they would need to know in order to uh, be successful at the position, the medical terminology, medical abbreviation, the context of some of the disorders that she treat, what information is pertinent in each section of the chart, what's the importance of each section of a chart. Um, and surprisingly, that program was able to help this new person with zero previous scribe experience be able to scribe in a significantly shorter amount of time than I was able to scribe efficiently in that and my other counterparts. So <clears throat> I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is great. And um, she actually asked to share my, that, that education program with some of her colleagues. And, you know, I was like, of course, and they, they loved it. And I was like, Hey, well, maybe this is something that I could do to really help many other um, medical practices across the country. So I said, you know, I looked at kind of the, the format of how we learn. We learn through you know, Kaplan, um, UWorld, all these kind of online courses or education platforms. So that encouraged me to put together an online education plat platform for scribes. Um, <clears throat> and now it's, it's become a resource for medical practices to be able to use to help train their, their um, staff to be able to function as a scribe. Or if they want to hire someone to come in to be a scribe, then I also give them like some tips and strategies on you know, how to go about getting that. 
that type of person. Dude, that that's amazing. And you know, this <laughs> this like similar same theme of you just kind of having that like go get it mentality. You know, I have a few extra hours of my day. I'm gonna reach out to people, I'm gonna start doing this. And then also also like I want to maximize my exposure. You know, that's kind of like common themes uh, that that you've been able to discuss throughout that I think are hugely pertinent to everybody. Uh, maximizing your exposure and just having some like initiative to go out and pursue things. Um because you know you never know what the result of that will be, right? And like yeah. for you, you started a whole business. You have like a company. And like that's <laughs> that's amazing, man. That that's fantastic. Um, and so, you know, now after all of this hard work from first gen to, you know, graduating, doing research years, starting businesses, everything in between, you have officially matched University of Missouri into <laughs> orthopedics, dude. Like you're you are an orthopedic surgeon. You are Dr. Bangura. You're an orthopedic surgeon. Um, you know, blush. so I just have to first say <laughs> huge congratulations to that. Um, but what has been, um, I, I, I'm actually interested in kind of, since I'm about a year out, what's one thing that like you're most excited about in this, in this next, next journey? And then one thing that you're most maybe like anxious about in terms of starting residency? Yeah. Um, I would say the the first thing that I'm most excited about is just being able to, you know, um, deeply dive into, you know, orthopedics, you know, t- just to, to live that life, um, prepare, um, you know, um, <clears throat> um, improve my surgical skills. Right. And, and, and practice, you know, I, I, that's what I'm really, that's what I'm most excited about. You know, I was one thing that came to my mind, like, when I would do my sub eyes, I would kind of, you know, just kind of step back and look at some of the lifestyles of the, um, you know, residents or attend none of the residents and attendants and, and some of the other orthopedic surgeons that were at the programs I was, you know, that I was rotating. And you know, I'm like, man, this is, you know, although you're busy, but this is this is pretty sweet, man. You guys get to, you know, the the awe is such a, a you know, a nice nice vibe. You know, it's, it's uh, you get to come in and you know. You know, uh, you know, do surgery all day and, you know, see, you know, help people like do this day in, day out, like every day. And that's that's something that I was really excited about seeing. And, um, you know, and so so knowing that I'm in a position to be able to, to do that now, to, to, I'm going to be in that position to, to just deeply die and dive into orthopedics. Man, I'm super excited about that. I'm super pumped about that. The one thing that I'm anxious about is um, I like to at some at, at times I can be a little bit meticulous. Um, I I like to do things well, you know. Like when I show up, I like to show out. Um, you know, I don't like you know uh, doing anything with mediocre mediocrity. You know, I I, I like to perform well. So um, obviously, this is a this is going to be a new this is a new challenge for me, a part of my life, but. So one thing I'm anxious about is just making sure that I'm able to get in rhythm and and, and, and get a schedule and get a plan for myself so that I can be successful, you know, because I, you know, at the end of the day, yes, you know, I'm an orthopedic surgery resident right now, but at the same time, you know, we, you still have exams, you still have to, you still have to um, study, you still have to be prepared, you know, um, there's still a lot of training that you have to go through. And, and I want to make sure that. I'm very successful these next five years and not only, you know, bring success to myself, but also bring success to the people around me. Uh, I truly enjoy contributing to um, programs that I'm a part of. I truly enjoy um, And you kind of see that trend that, you know, as a medical, uh, uh, as, as a pre-med, I put together this um, program where I was able to help train um, medical scribes for the practices, the practice that, you know, took me in as a scribe, you know, as a medical student, I put together an orthopedic surgery interest group for my medical school, you know, cause we don't have any resources or guidance when it comes to orthopedic surgery. Um, and then, you know, so I know that's kind of like a, a characteristic quality, a trait, a trait of mine. And, um, so not only I'm, I'm looking forward to not only being successful, like, as far as for my training and making sure that I'm prepared by the time, you know, residency is done, but also being a, 
I want to be able to give back in some sort of way, be able to contribute to um, the program that I'm at um, in any way that I could bring some of my skills and my qualities to the program and also um, give back to the people that's also following my footsteps. Um, so mentorship is, is, is key to me. Um, it's, you know, that's another reason why I put help put together that, that interest group and also why I've kind of, you know, gravitate towards individuals like you with SM, SNMA, um, orthopedic surgery interest group and kind of, um, helped out around you guys. Um, you know, uh, so I, I, that's something that I'm looking forward to, but, um, kind of just draw all back together. I'm excited about orthopedic surgery itself and being able to just dive deeply into it. I'm just anxious about, um, you know, I, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm, I cover all, I want to be good in all aspects of, of, of the journey. You know, I want to make sure that I, I'm tr- well-trained as I get ready for, um, you know, fellowship. I want to make sure that I'm successful and that the people around me are successful. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That um, I resonate with, with basically everything that you said, and I'm definitely going to continue to be, uh, you know, tapping in with you as a mentor. Um, you know, so I'm very thankful that you are passionate about giving back because <laughs> the recipients of those uh, are very, very thankful of you. Um, and my, my last question, my final question is, you know, I know that you you have a beautiful family, beautiful wife, beautiful two sons. Um, so, you know, how has fatherhood, what, what role has fatherhood played in your journey so far? Um, and, you know, even looking forward, what role do you think it's going to kind of have for you in the future? Absolutely. Um, I think it helps me become a better leader. Uh, one thing that comes to m- comes to mind that, you know, when you ask that question is, you know, and this is something that came to mind actually throughout this entire process. When we go, when we, this journey is going to be tough. It's going to require a lot. It's going to demand a lot of your time, um, sometimes away from your family. Um, and, you know, I try to think about, I, I try to not only think about myself, you know? So for me, being a leader means doing what's best for the entire team, not just for yourself. Mm-hmm. So th- constantly throughout this journey, I not only thought about myself, I thought about my my wife, I thought about my kids. So I thought about what would even like, even when it came to ranking programs, um, the places where I wanted to be. You know, what would that situation look like for my, you know, wife and kids that are going, that are going to be at home? You know, n- you know, not just thinking about me being in the hospital all day. You know, what is that going to look like for them? Um, so I will say just just kind of thinking about the pros and cons of each situation or the decisions that you make and make sure that you keep in mind your entire family. You know, so what everything that everything that I've done even when going into the match process and and thinking about the possibility of unmatching, what would that look like? You know, that was, you know, so it's especially, you know, being an IMG where your chance of matching is less than 1%. So what would that look like? Am I going to just do another research here? Um, and, you know, while my kids are growing up and, you know, obviously finances is something that you want to make sure that's, you know, I'm covered. You know, so am I, am I just going to do another research? Am I just going to do another research here? What is that going to look like? Um, so, you know, going through this process, you know, I just said, I got to do what's best for, you know, not only me, but also my family, you know, I kind of think of everything as a, from a, we, you know, mindset, you know, what's going to be best for us. So, and, um, and I think that's, that's true leadership, you know, you know, um, just doing what's best for the entire team. Um, and, um, I, and I believe that that's helped me. Um, reflect on my, uh, help me with my journey because, um, that, that characteristic trait, um, I've, I've used with, you know, as the founder of the orthopedic surgery answer group and some of the other medical related activities I've been a part of. Right. Yeah. That, 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 uh, servant leadership, you know, is, is, is huge. Um, and so I, again, resonate with that as well as, you know, I have a wife and a little kiddo and, Absolutely. you know, and you're thinking about, 
not just yourself. You know, I think lots of growth comes from that space, you know, lots of personal growth and then professional growth will follow. So, um, man, dude, this has been amazing. Um, Abdullahi, Dr. Bangura, I mean, Dr. Bangura, MD. Um, <laughs> if, do you have any, any final parting words of wisdom? You've already kind of shared pearl after pearl and I'm already more inspired just to get off on this day, but any parting words for anybody who is listening to this? Lots of people are going to listen to this and resonate with your story, with your experiences. Any kind of final words for them? Um, I would just say it's, it's going to be there, there's going to be a lot of challenges, um, but you gotta you gotta understand that as you move forward. Um, kind of look at the at the bigger picture and and think to yourself, um, well. Going over all these obstacles and hurdles be worthwhile at the end. Is this what I want? You know, try not to look at you know your friends or family in in, in regards to you know what they got going on with the, in their lives and what they're doing. Um, you know, sometimes you know we can we tend to do that and feel like we may be missing out uh, because we're we're just going through the grind and struggle and, and you look on social media, everyone's kind of living lavishly, <laughs> enjoying mm-hmm. themselves. Um, don't think about that. You know, think about what's important for you, what's going to be rewarding for you. Think long term. And if this is something that you're truly passionate about, then it's going to be worthwhile in the end. So continue to push forward. And, um, you know, so so that's my answer for that. But, you know, before, you know, we leave, I also want to say kudos to you, um, GR, because I've been greatly impressed um, with what you've done. And, and, you know, your hard work shows. I'm seeing all the things that you've been involved in and um, how you continue to grow in all of those, you know, um, in in all those different activities, you know, is is truly impressive, man. You can you can see that, Um, you know, and um, also knowing I understand that, you you know, you have some of the some of those similar challenges, you know, as you're navigating this process with a family, you have a beautiful family, you know, and um, I see the posters that you 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 make and and seeing how involved you are with your family um and it, it makes me happy to see so i also want to say kudos to you um for balancing that well you know balancing taking care of your family being that husband being that father but at the same time being that mentor and being someone that's helping you know uh, uh those that are following your footsteps man so so big shout out to you man Man, thank thank you so much. That really, really means a lot. Um, you know, coming from you, it, it really, really means a lot. Extremely humbling. And, you know, to to hear that is one of the most uplift uplifting things that I've heard. So I really, really appreciate you, man. And um I can't wait to be able to continue watching you do your thing and hopefully next year be joining the ranks and be walking alongside you, colleagues and um, continue to kind of just go through this this process um, as boys. I'm honored and, and blessed to have you as a bro. And I know everybody listening is, is going to be extremely motivated and inspired by your, by your journey. So thank you so much again, man. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Dr. Abdullahi Bangura. Loki almost had me tearing up there at the end, but he is an incredible inspiration for me and I'm sure for many of you listening. If you made it this far, thanks so much for your support. One last final request to like and give a five-star rating wherever you're listening. It really helps out a lot. All right, see you in the next one.